Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Hey, welcome into the Stinky Truth Podcast. Uh, Mark Schlar alongside my co-host, Mike Evans. Thank you so much for listening to us. And it is, uh, it's a week four. It's a week four breakdown, Mike. Uh, the moneymaker picks are in. I'm still kicking your ass, although I took one on the chin a little bit last week, which is not like me, but I'll rebound this week. So anyhow, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. The comeback has begun. It's going to be the comeback for uh, all ages. What are, you, what are you wearing? What's this? Oh, this is uh, my Legends jacket right there. So, uh, so far, I've had uh, alumni weekends celebrated for both the Broncos and now the Washington football team, commanders, whatever you want to call them. Um, And I haven't been able to go to either because I was broadcasting different games. So my wife represented me at both. She represented us, not me, but us at both. So she went to the Broncos reunion and alumni weekend, and then she flew out last week to Washington. And this is a uh, Legends jacket. If you're a legend of the franchise, you uh, apparently get one of these jackets. Nice. So I don't know how she managed to swindle me a jacket. <laughs> she probably stole it. Um, but the bottom line is I've got a legend's jacket. You're and a I legend. Like it. You're it's a legend. A, you're it's a legend. got a hood on it. Yeah. Look at, a little hood. Yeah. Like I look like a little red riding hood. <laughs> a little stink riding hood right there. A little there. stink riding hood. A little stink riding hood. But I like it. It's a good jacket. I like it. it looks good. It's, it's hot out, but I... You know what? I'm, I'm just flying around. So anyhow. You're just excited to be called a legend, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Hey, well, no. I mean. I'm, you're one of the hogs. Yeah. Come on. That's a, that's legendary, right? Boom. Boom. You're Boom. right. Okay. Speaking of legendary, uh-huh. how about the Miami Dolphins performance? Woo! 70 points. <laughs> we'll get to the team that they beat up here in a little bit. But 70 points is, it seems like every once in a while an offense comes along and they're putting up crazy numbers early on in the season. Mm-hmm. And people start talking, is this an unstoppable offense? Is this one of the great offenses of all time? Is it? Um, that remains to be seen. But right now, the way it's operating, this is in, this offense is incredible. Remember, they did that 726 yards of offense, 350 yards passing, 370 or 350 yards rushing, 376 passing, 726. They pulled their starters in the fourth quarter, and they still – we're running through Denver like crap through a goose. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, and they did it all without their second best receiver, Jalen Waddle. It's Jalen Waddle. It is Jalen yeah. Waddle, right? Waddle. I know you're 
You're thinking, I, you're, you're rethinking names since the running back changed his name after the game. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how dominant offense you were. You went from a guy named Devin A-Chain to Devon Achon, right? <laughs> you went Devon Achon. Are you kidding? Like, I am so good in the first game that I've ever actually, I don't know, that anybody's ever actually heard of my name. I've decided to change it. That's how good I am. I mean, it's straight up like I hear Devon Chon, and I think Chuck, Chuck, remember the Chuck, Chuck, Con, Chuck, Con, everybody, 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 Chuck, Con. I like yeah. Devon Chon, Devon Chon, everybody, everybody, Devon Chon. Like I, I like, like I don't even know what to say, man. I just am perplexed. I am disappointed. I am hurt. I am. I don't know what. I don't we'll know. We'll get to, tell to you. the Broncos in a second, no, but okay. let's give the Dolphins their their flowers, okay? So, I think they should have gone. Like? I think they should have for an all. I think they should have scored eighty. Yeah, and and try to get a thousand yards of offense. So Mike McDaniel let up. Oh yeah, he called off the dogs, and they still. I mean, they like the Broncos still couldn't stop them. They called off the dogs, but it would. I think they should have set the all time record. So what makes this offense? Perhaps a juggernaut offense, maybe the best offense in football. Well, I think I think a couple of things. I think team speed is eye popping. When you put on the Miami Dolphins, they have team speed, and it's not just long speed. It's one thing to run a fast forty; it's another thing to run side to side, to move side to side with alacrity and quickness. And they have that times, you know, exponentially more probably than any other team in football. Like their short burst speed, their quickness is eye popping. Like when you put them on, I mean, that's a long, like that's a long watch because you're like every, there's rewindable moment after rewindable moment after rewindable moment. They had 25 explosive plays. Now let me explain what an explosive is. An explosive in the running game, depending on the organization, anywhere from 10 to 12 yard run is an explosive run. And then in the passing game, anything it's from 17 to 20, depends on the organization, is an explosive pass. When you break it down in the NFL, a lot of coordinators will tell you every explosive we give up is about the equivalent of 2.8 points per explosive. Do you know what 2.8 Times 25 is? 70? Well, let's just do it really quick because this will be fun. Yeah, I think I have already done this. Yes, you have. 2.8, yeah, times. I did this. I but did you this, on, just you were on a day. roll. I didn't want to take away your fun. I did it wrong. Anyhow, yes, it's exactly. Oh, shoot, my glasses. It's exactly 70, people. It's It's insane. It's insane what they ended up doing. I mean, it. Honestly, I have never seen its equal. Really? Oh, from an offense in a game from an Great, offense ran, the greatest show on turf. W- show me New the, England 2007. Show me the team. Show me when they put up 70 on somebody. Oh, show me point. when they scored 10, okay. 10 total touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, five rushing and five passing. You show me that game. I I mean it it was Now there's part of me that looks at it and says, "Okay, I understand." Like from a game planning standpoint, they did a great job running the football down the middle. They did a great job attacking the edge. But there's part of me that looks at it like, well, if Denver's never going to adjust to anything. I mean, Denver, first off, they were so scared 
Like not only the, the coaches and the players were so scared, I'm sure, I'm almost positive, I'm, I might have to go back and look at the actual television copy. One, I think it probably took a smoke bomb to get out of the locker room. Like they were, so, they were in the locker room shivering and they wouldn't come out to play. And so somebody threw a smoke bomb in there to get them out. And then I'm 100% sure that they were standing on the sideline in puddles of piss because they were so scared and their knees were knocking. It's the most embarrassing film I have ever watched in my entire life as a player and as an analyst. You got, got, they're so afraid of Tyreek Hill beating them over the top. They got safeties playing quarters with their heels at 20. Normally your heels are at 12 to maybe 14, 20 yards. The, the space between the linebackers and where the safeties were is, I mean, it, it was a 15-yard a gap. Like, it was just open season. If you want to throw it in the middle of the field on any crossing route, you can go the low cross, you can go the shallow, the, the high, you can go low cross, you can go, um, you can go shallow cross, low cross, or you can go uh, deep cross. We'll give that to you. 100%. We're not going to stop anything. And and here's my here's the thing that drives me crazy, Mike. Is like from a playing standpoint, if you're wearing my ass out and my ass has been worn out on more than one occasion, all right? But you're wearing my ass out. The bottom line at some point I'm going to stop the bleeding and turn it into a fist fight. At some point you may get out of here with two sacks and several tackles and a tackle for loss, but you're getting out with a bloody nose. And I'm going to attack you, and we're going to. Go, it's going to be a street fight. The Broncos and Vance Joseph did nothing. I mean, nothing. They got it run down their throats in the middle in the mid zone game. They got the pin and pull outside nickel toss game. They got it ran. I mean, ran down their throats on the outside. They got it thrown short, middle, intermediate, deep, all of the above. You can beat us any way you want to beat us. And at some point, you'd, you'd think, listen, I'm so afraid of Tyreek Hill. If he scores 70 on us, so be it. But you ain't going to run it for 350 yards, too. I mean, you want to talk about, you want to talk about, that was a booty call. And they went home, that was a walk of shame. They should, by the way, they should have bust home from Miami. Like the, the teams, that Mike Shanahan would have put them all on, but we canceled the flight. You guys are riding the bus. We'll see you on Wednesday. I mean, that's, it's, it is, it's the most embarrassing loss. It's the most embarrassing performance in the last six decades in the National Football Well, League. okay, yeah. Sean Payton takes over, and one of the things he says during the summer about Nathaniel Hackett last year in Denver was it was the worst coaching performance in yeah. history, and Sean Payton th- delivers arguably uh, the worst single-game coaching yes. performance in the last 60 years. So where are you on Sean Payton, who came to the Broncos with a lot of fanfare, so far hasn't delivered? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we hear about the adult in the room and, you know, bringing two types of fear that I've talked about plenty on this podcast. You know, the, the reverence type of fear and the, you know, just the overall fear of consequences. I know this. If I was playing for Sean Payton and I went out and gave up 10 pressures and six sacks, I'd get fired. I would get fired. And I have never in my career as an analyst called for somebody to get fired. But damn it, somebody needs to be fired. Like that is, that I mean, you, and be careful about football karma because it'll come back to bend you over. 
and Sean Payton just got bent over because that, like, that's the worst game I've ever seen. The worst game of um, the worst defensive performance in the last six decades. Mark it down. You pointed out it was so embarrassing that there was an offensive lineman oh for the Dolphins doing somersaults. Yeah, into the end zone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Austin uh, Jackson. Austin Jackson. It plays right tackle. First off, he comes off the ball. Wah! You know, and just absolutely spears Randy Gregory, our $70 million defensive end, who just goes, like, you know. And then the running back, Mostert, cuts out 20-yard run, scores at the pylon. And, you know, I don't know what happened to Randy Gregory after that. He was just, a you know, he's holding a lantern. He was like, oh, wow, look at that guy run. Man, he sure is fast. Now, he wasn't chasing him, mind you. He was just holding the lantern, shining a flashlight. Woo, look at that. Well, let's shine some light so the cameras get a better capture, you know, a better shot of Raheem Mostert. And so, anyhow, here's, you know, Austin Jackson, big fat offensive lineman. Well, he's athletic. I mean, I'm like, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just characterizing offensive lineman in general. Big, fat, you know. And here's the thing. It's one, it's Miami. So it's freaking steaming hot, right? It's a bat wing game. You're miserable. Your nuts are stuck to your thighs. That's how hot it is, right? That's They're a, just making bat that's wings. That's what a bat wing, yeah. You're uh, uncomfortable. You can hardly move. He trots down there after the run like, woohoo! Like, this game is so easy, man. It's so fun. And then he decides to do something. No offensive lineman wants to be on the ground. You know why? Because you got to get your fat ass off the ground. So there's not one guy in the history of the National Football League that played offensive line that wants to be on the ground. But he thought they were having so much fun, it, it took him back to his playground days in recess when he you know, was winning at four square or dodgeball, and he decided in the end zone to do a freaking somersault. Woo! A somersault. Forward somersault. Yep. I, 12 years of playing, 24 years of broadcasting, I have never one time seen a dude do a somersault to play his offensive line. And the game was so damn easy against the Denver Broncos. Shame, 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 a somersault. So that sets up a potential Caleb Williams Bowl between the Broncos and Chicago Bears. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you know that there are tickets being sold on StubHub right now for $2? I want my $2. I want my $2. I'm like, I think you negotiate with StubHub. You're like, hey, listen, I want... Two tickets for me and my buddy. <laughs> like, we've been diehard Bears fans forever, but $4 is a little bit too steep. <laughs> I'll give you three fifty. <laughs> right? I mean, like, $2. Yeah. You, can get, you can get in the stadium for 2 bucks. You got to be kidding me. You, I mean, this is, this is so bad. This is so bad. And meanwhile, in Chicago... Let's not let the Bears off the hook. In Chicago, they played uh, another horrible game against the Chiefs. So much so that I think it was the I think it was the one of the local papers. You know how they give out the grades? Yes. Yeah. 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 Straight Fs. Yeah. Everybody got an F. Right. And their game was actually closer than the Broncos game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the I think the Chiefs were up like forty one nothing before they called off the dogs and gave a, a courtesy ten points. Um, yeah. That that that's an abject disaster as well. Um, and, you know, we all thought it was Brandon Staley that was going to be the first to be fired. You know, and he tried. I mean, he tried his damnedest last week. I mean, you went for it with, what, two minutes and change with the other team having two timeouts and a uh, and a two-minute warning. I think they had the two-minute warning from your own 24-yard line and didn't convert. Like, you try, and you're up 24-20. You tried to give the game away. You tried to screw that thing up. 
you know, there goes the analytics talk again. I'm sorry, I don't even mean to get on this analytics talk. But think about it. No, please tell everybody, tell America how you feel about analytics and those that do analytics. I think it's absolutely horseshit because there's no context in analytics. Who's the quarterback on the other side, right? I mean, does does a a fourth down and one from, let's say, the plus 42, does a fourth down and one in the first quarter have the same gravitas and weight that a fourth down and one in the fourth quarter with a game on the line has? The answer is no. Two-point conversions. Let's talk about two-point conversions, right? Now it's all about leather rage. Let's go for two points. Like, if we're down, we just go for two points because eventually you're going to get one. How many two-point conversion plays have you practiced? How many do you love and how many do you just like? Think about that because maybe it's changed a little bit, but it hasn't changed much since I was playing. We had one two-point conversion against any team that we loved. The rest of them were just plays. One we loved, the rest of them just plays. Oh, but the analytics people will tell you go every time. It works, hey, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. They're like Sex Panther. <laughs> so they'll tell you that. How many have you practiced? Do you know how many, you know how, you know how much goal line we do on a week, on a week to week basis? How many goal line plays does the NFL team run during practice in the week? Five? Five. You're right. Oh, okay. 100%. On Fridays, we run five goal line plays. How many two point practice plays do we? Do we run three? Maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe. Maybe we don't run any. Maybe it's part of our goal line package. We like this against. We don't run it. But let me ask you this: If you score, let's say three touchdowns, but in those three touchdowns you scored, they were all outside the twelve yard line. How many goal line reps have you gotten in that game? Let me tell you right now. Now I'm no mathematician, but that's zero. You've gotten zero. So now can you set anything up off of what you did on goal line? The answer is no, because you weren't in goal line. But now all of a sudden I'm on the three-yard line, I'm going to run a goal line play that they haven't had to defend. So every time you line up from that position, guess what happens? This is brand new to them. They have a check. They know exactly what they're going to do. You can't essentially bait them into doing something and doing something off of that because you haven't run those plays. It's I like I get it. I get the information, but the situation changes on a consistent basis, and that's why coaches still need to make decisions. So, Brandon Staley, pull your head out of your ass and make a decision that actually behooves your football team, not just we're going to go for it on every uh, every opportunity we get. Like Just when I think you can't be the first guy to get fired, Matt Eberflus shows up with Chicago. <laughs> Hold my beer. Right, exactly. <laughs> you think you're mad. Wait till you see our organization. Yeah, this is the absolute garbage bowl. Well, think about how things have, have gone uh, badly and, and certainly not as expected, the Jets. But oh. you think about the Jets and hard knocks and the the best TV ratings for hard knocks in, in well over a decade. And, yeah. and, and you yourself saying that sure. you thought the Jets would end up winning the AFC East. Aaron Rodgers goes down and now you got poor Zach Wilson out there being called out by a legend in Joe Namath saying he's done with him. Send him off to Kansas City mm-hmm. to back up Patrick Mahomes. And now the Jets get Kansas City. Ooh. Where where do they where do they go from here? You got people arguing with coaches on the sidelines. You see this thing being stabilized at all? Well, they, or is it only going right. to continue to spiral? Yeah, I mean Zach Wilson. At this point, that, that that's let me tell you why I suck at golf. I can get a birdie. 
I can pipe a drive, right? I can hit a second shot, bam, approach shot, four feet, tap in for a birdie. And I can do that. It's the quad and the triple and the quad and the double and the double and the triple that I take right after that. I've played with you. I've played with you. It shows me I suck at golf. Mm -hmm. You can put a drive together. You can put a throw together. There's no question that he's athletically gifted, that he's got great arm talent. You can put a play to drive. And you might fool me for a minute because you put a drive together. But it's only a matter of time before you take a shit in your helmet. And that's who Zach Wilson has been to this point. That dude will take will turn more two yard sacks into twelve yard minus plays than I know than probably anybody I've ever watched. And at some point, who's going to have balls enough within that organization to rip that stupid little headband off his head, Daniel Larusa, and toss it in the garbage and say you haven't earned the right to walk around in a headband? You know, I mean, at some point he needs a, a, a not yanked in his chain. And, you know, they just signed Trevor Simeon, who is a, you know, a journeyman backup quarterback in this league. But here he is, a journeyman backup quarterback that's ten gives you 10 times better chance to win than Zach Wilson does. The second overall first-round pick from just several years ago. So you're ready to call it. He's a bust. Zach Wilson's a bust. Zach Wilson, is an, Zach Wilson needs out of, to be out of New York. He's an absolute bust at this point. Yes. Now, it doesn't mean he can't resurrect his career so magically, you know. I mean, but it's going to take it's going to take a different environment, a different coaching staff, some people with a fresh set of eyes, maybe a place where he can calm his nerves a little bit and get away from it. It's going to take that type of environment. You know, you think about guys that have gone elsewhere. I mean, I, I remember, you know, I remember um, who's the cat that won the Super Bowl for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017? Um, Foles. Yeah, Nick Foles. Nick Foles is going to retire and go into the ministry, and Andy Reid calls him up and uh, and and basically says, hey, man, come to Kansas City, take a, a year of just football rehab, let me help you out, and he goes back to Philly, you know, and ends up going on that run after Wentz gets hurt. Like, it's going to take that type of dramatic change. And still, at the end of the day, he had a magical run for five or six weeks, and then he f- remembered that he was Nick Foles, and the rest, you know, is and I like this. This is not to bash Nick Foles. I, I, I'm, I apologize, Nick. Like, but you know, he's he's uh, he's a career backup. That's what he is. Although Nick Foles will never have to buy a drink in Philadelphia, and the Eagles, they they look like the Eagles, didn't they? Monday oh, night man. after the first two games, kind of. You know, getting their legs underneath yeah. them, but boy, they they look like the Eagles. That defensive line, woo. Yeah. Well, it's just be a be a lesson to all you fancy pantsers that think it's all about the outside ride receiver, the skill positions. We need more speed. We need more skill. We need guys that you know the quarterbacks to tell you, oh, it's so hard. You know, oh, you can't hardly do it. It's just such a de-. like. Hey, listen, man, we run a post and, and, and with an over, and if the safety grabs the over, throw the post. If the safety goes high for the over, throw or for for the post, throw the over. I mean, woo! If one guy if he plays high, throw it low. If he plays low, throw it high. Oh, it's so mind-blowing. It's so, how can anybody, you know, give me a break. So, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, let this be a lesson to anybody who's in the NFL. You build it, Howie Roseman, tip of the cap, build it from the inside out. 
dominate lines of scrimmage, and guess what? You win football games, and the Philadelphia Eagles dominate the line of scrimmage. You, you've Both made, sides. You've made this point before, and I think it's it's worth bringing up again, is that Philly has proven to be a team that doesn't get satisfied with a strength on their football team, mm-hmm. that they're more than willing to continue to add to what is a perceived strength. Right, especially on the lines of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, you think about what they've done defensively. You know, they've got, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they have a really strong defensive line. They have a strong interior. Didn't they get the, the kid Davis a couple of years ago from Georgia? And then they go right back to Georgia, right back to that well. And, you know, what's the kid's name? Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, oh. man, just absolutely destroying people. Um, like, like a couple of years ago, who's starting now a guard, Cam Jurgens from Nebraska. Well, he got drafted to back up Jason Kelsey. Well, Jason Kelsey keeps playing great, comes back, and so they. But they drafted him. They developed, and then they let him play guard until Kelsey retires. Then they'll just move him over center, you know. And they'll have another guy in the pipeline that they're already grooming because they're going to draft more of them. They know, you know, it's it's the NFL's. It's the NFL's. I don't want to call it a dirty secret. It's it's the fact that NFL teams here. Here's here's what it is. NFL teams don't understand what it takes to win. They want to win in the box office. They want to excite their fan base. So what do they tell you? Oh, we got this guy, or we got this guy, or we got this This guy's going to score touchdowns, and this guy's going to, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, it's, you know, on and on and on it goes. And I understand the value and the importance of the quarterback. But, I mean, let's just look at the teams. And listen, look at the San Francisco 49ers. What do we draft? D lineman, offensive line. We 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 attack the the core of our our football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive front seven, pretty good, right? Pretty dominant football team. We win with a seventh round quarterback. Oh, Philadelphia Eagles, dominate trenches, D line, offensive line. Oh, we win with a second round quarterback. You know, we're gonna pay him because he's great. But uh, again, that's why Philly is always gonna be. You know, they're going to be good, and they're not – they lose a guy. It's not, oh, oh no, what are we going to do? They've got guys in the pipeline, both both sides of the line of scrimmage. Dominate line of scrimmage, man. It's amazing how many games you can win. I'm just speaking as a football fan, but Philadelphia is one of those teams I, I want to watch play defense, and there aren't many right. teams yeah. or fans out there that look and say, I want to watch defense. Uh-huh. But when the Eagles, that defensive line, yeah. whew, Right. They're fun to watch. Yeah, they are. You ready to get to the picks? Yeah, I'm ready to get to the picks. Uh, right now, let me see. I've got it right here in my handy-dandy notebook. You uh, had a resounding week, 2-1. and one. You bounced back to 3-6 uh, and six is your record. I'm telling you, it's the comeback they're going to be talking about right. forever. I had a really bad week. Uh, I was 1-2. and two, uh, So now I sit at 6-2-1, and one, completely, absolutely dominating you. I'm like Miami's offense. You're like the Broncos' <laughs> defense. <laughs> Um, so far in this well, season. So you get to pick first, though. Let's you see get if I can pick. keep the mojo uh, going. So mm-hmm. I got three games. Uh, I know Miami's the toast of the NFL, but I love, love, love being able to get Buffalo at home in a key divisional matchup, only having to give up two and a half. So I'm going to take the Bills minus two and a half at home over the fish. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans, who always plays Tampa. 
uh, really, really tough, even uh-huh. when uh, Brady was there. New Orleans at home. Jameis Winston, uh, we'll, we'll, I think, will we'll play really well nope. when given the chance. Okay. I'm going to take the Saints I minus think, the three. I think he'll play really well for Tampa, but go ahead. Uh, keep I'm going to take the Saints minus three over Tampa, and then I'm going to take uh, Monday night. I'm going to take the Giants better than they've shown thus far back home uh, in an even pick em game against Seattle. I'll take the Giants. So what do you got? Um, you know, I decided that my theme this week was put your money – where your mouth is. Okay. And so this whole, you know, this whole season so far in me kicking your ass, I have told our fans here that you can go with me, go with the winner uh-huh. and make money or go against Mike and you can make money that way too. And um, last week, I'm, I'm just believing that last week was a complete and total outlier. Uh-huh. Like that was absolute dumb luck. You you stumbled into two and one. Stumbled, okay. You stumbled into stumbled two and one. Into two and one. Right. So I decided since you picked first this week, mm-hmm. I was just going to let you pick. I didn't even look at the rest of the spreads. I don't even care. Oh, you! I'm going 100 percent opposite you of you. Dick. So, so you took Buffalo. Yeah, I'll go Miami. Obviously, You're such a jerk. You took New Orleans. I'll take Tampa. You took the New York Giants. I've got Seattle. We'll see how it falls. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant strategy. Uh, we'll see and, how that uh, works there for I'm you, really, Cotton. I'm really excited about all this. Right, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Hey, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, we thank you so much for listening. Please share it with your friends. Pass along. Do whatever it is you do. Um, and until uh, next week after these games and after this colossal beatdown I put on Mike, <laughs> um, we will talk to you next week early.